Craft and Career podcast series featuring conversations with professional creatives from the arts, entertainment, and media industries. Here we explore various approaches to craft and career, and even consider how those two can sometimes work together. I'm Derek Webster, Senior Associate Director for Creative Careers at Yale's Office of Career Strategy, and I'm excited to introduce our next guest, Jennifer Harrison Newman. Jennifer, Yale MFA 11, is an artistic director, producer, educator, choreographer, and performance artist with over 25 years in the visual and performing arts, collaborating extensively with artists across disciplines. Throughout her career, she has looked to push the boundaries of dance, opera, and theater. And returned to Yale, Jennifer is the artistic director of the Yale Schwartzman Center, where she partners on a fantastic genre-bending mix of Yale programming and has been an incredibly valuable collaborator for our offices. Welcome, Jennifer. It's such a pleasure to have you on the Craft and Career podcast. It's really great to be here. Thanks for inviting me in. Of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this with you specifically because, you know, we work collegially like at the university and we have all kinds of you know projects and programs we work on together. But your background makes you a perfect candidate to ask some of these questions and the questions, you know, the podcast, it's craft and career. So before we get started, we usually spend a little bit of time just defining that kind of strange terminology, like that distinction between craft and career. So when I use a word like career, it can sometimes be loaded within the creative fields. What does career mean for you? And it might yeah. mean many things. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's such a it's a great question because it is a concept, right? This idea, the concept of a career. And one can look at a career in any number of ways, the thing you choose to do and you do that thing and you get really good at that thing nowadays and you know i might have thought that you know had that vision at some point and now you know many number of years later i'm looking at career as a body of work mm-hmm. and my body of work encompasses a sort of multi uh, it's going to sound well it's an interdisciplinary approach is what it is i think of myself as sort of operating with three constantly shifting spheres whether it be sort of the creative performer, you know, vessel for a choreographer, vessel for a director. Uh, I work with, you know, someone else's words or someone else's vision. And I help realize that through as a performer. I think of that as someone who makes their own work, um, you know, digests information and then makes a thing in response to it. That's one sphere. Another sphere is this sort of teaching piece where I go in and I'm asked to lead workshops or classes, impart knowledge onto others, you know, take others through a process. And then the third is this creative producer, arts administrator, managerial aspect, which is a part of myself that I think has always has been present, you know, from a very young age, a kind of organizer of sorts. Um, I always tell the story of myself, you know, my earliest memory of producing was probably 10 years old, sort of rallying neighborhood kids together to raise funds for a, that we ended up throwing up a party at the end. But it was like, you know, everything from bake sales to car washes to collecting, you know, turning in aluminum cans and glass bottles and just raising funds. And then what did we do at the end? We use it to like have a dance party with food and, you know, it's gathering. So that is something I've always done, whether I've been performing on Broadway 
touring the country, always trying to sort of bring people together and share information and using the arts to do that. So those three things have always existed in my career as a, you know, from a very young dancer all the way to now. And they're always shifting in terms of taking the lead. One thing might be taking more prominence at one point and, but the other two exist. And then, then there needs to balance shift happens or another one takes a lead. So yeah, it's, I feel like these three spheres are constantly sort of rotating around each other. And that is what constitutes a complete self for me, my individual yeah. complete self. And then that, and within that, my career reflects my, how do I bring my full self to my work? That's great. Yeah. Actually that as an answer that, that speaks towards the idea that you've, you've probably already done a decent amount of the lifting, you know, right. To try to integrate things that do feel quite, you know, sometimes they don't feel like they tingle quite nicely. So congratulations for that. Like that's, and I love the way that you talked about having all those different functions and engagements, but, but finding the through line that actually like makes them all like the bleed over between. So that there actually is one holistic self that you're involved in, regardless of which hat you happen to be wearing. That's, that's a fantastic approach. I'm wondering again, definitionally, to get to the place of where craft fits into that and how to distinguish that. And, and by craft, I know that can be, you know, a kind of a strange word in and of itself, but when we think of the disciplines, the, the artistic engagement, the creative nature of it, the waking up with a passionate, something that you've got to do that might not fit always into the professional box. How, how do you distinguish between those two things? And, and, and yeah, tell me more about the craft side. So interesting, too, to even think about distinguishing between the two, because, you know, for better, or for worse, I think what I've been able to do also is to do what I love and find a way to do it right by juggling these three spheres that I say that I have, you know, and sort of coming to peace with those three things that are always going to be present for me and then figuring out how do I craft a life that lets that be my work, right? So how do I, right? How do I craft my, my, my interests into a career? So going back to disciplines, you know, so if I was to like to go into the super linear, right, where the discipline of dance is my, was my art of choice, whether it's a choice is a question. My parents have maybe brainwashed me, um, but I you know dance was a thing in my life it, it, from a very early age. My parents said, you know, dance is something that's possible. It's a thing that one can do. It's a, it's a, you can go for this and achieve this and you can make a life in it. So it was something that was always there. And the discipline of, and I started in ballet, which when we think of discipline, you know, you've got the, a very strict codified right, yeah. um, plan that you follow to become a very on point and all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah to become an excellent dancer, you go through, you know, X, you know, X, Y, Z steps, starting with a very simple all the way up, up, up as you, as you age into it. So, you know, me coming to the, I think about it every, you know, you come to the bar, you start your day at the bar and then you go to the center and then you, you take all these steps in you, then it becomes across the floor. Um, and then from across the floor, then you, you start to linking these steps and you're now you're actually there's pieces and performance involved right so all of these steps that to some extent that framework is the discipline from a kind of scaffolding lens then there's the discipline of the body to like sort of train your body to do certain things that are not what it's naturally meant to do aside you know we we there's certain things that our bodies are naturally do and for survival but then now for the sake of the art you're training your body to do a thing. 
right? Reconditioning. Reconditioning. Yeah. So that discipline, to some extent of like setting the mind to something and working toward it, you know, I think that's a discipline that transcends from dance to anything that I do. Once I started to become more interested in less being the vessel and sort of more curious about my own ideas and taking my own ideas into creating, you know, a sort of work of art. The discipline of that was learning sort of what is the process that one goes through to sort of peel out the ideas, to do the investigation, and then to let the body respond to them. And I think that's what took me to graduate school, honestly. So that moment in time when I started to feel there was something else I wanted to do, I was dancing on Broadway at the time. And as much as I loved it, I loved the community of my cast. I loved the community of the of the full Broadway community in New York. I was becoming, you know, restless mentally. And that's what took me to graduate school. As I began to think about what was the thing I wanted to spend time considering and why I ended up getting an MFA in theater management at the School of Drama, which was then the Yale School of Drama, now David Geffen School of Drama, rather than getting a PhD in performance, was, you know, just sort of really doing some soul searching and saying, what was the thing that has always been a part of me? And that, you know, going back to that 10-year-old self, and was like, right, I always want I always do this, no matter if I'm you know, just trying to gather people around a party or if I'm on tour and I'm galvanizing the company to go out into the community and meet community members. So I ended up saying, you know, I really trying to understand how does the how does the thing happen? How does a, an event go from an idea to the big picture? And even though I've done it as a kind of guerrilla style, I wanted to really, you know, hear from people in all the different aspects and all of those folks who were doing it at a really high level. So I chose Yale, you know, playwrights, directors, scenic designers, um, you know, technical directors, actors, performers. So I, I wanted to put myself into that world. So then it was the discipline, you know, learning of each of those disciplines. And so, oh, what is it? What is a director looking at? What are their questions? What is an actor looking at? What are their questions? How does a playwright start a project and investigate the world that they're trying to create? And how? Do, how do? The, where do the designers start? And how do everybody come to a table together and like make a thing together? So those disciplines, you know, fed me into like how to step foot into my own practice as an independent artist. And then, you know, post-graduation, I think I began to synthesize all of that, like my performer side, then the producerial side, and started to feel a little bit more freedom in terms of charting my own path. And I think it wasn't until after graduate school that I was like, oh, I've got these things that are moving around and they're there. And how do I feed them all? You know, I was independent producer and making my own work for a couple of years after graduate school. But then I was asked to become an uh, artistic director for a small show a small Cirque du Soleil show. So it's not small. I have to frame that. It's small Cirque du Soleil show, um, style show. Not It wasn't Cirque du Soleil. It was a style, Cirque du Soleil style in Macau, China. So I moved to um, Macau and as an artistic director of a show that I was responsible for what was on the stage, but I was also responsible for the teams that were all there to do that as well. So the stage management, the technical director, the the dancers, the actors, the singers, the circus performers who I'd never worked with before, the front of house bar staff, the waiters, you know, the marketing teams. So working with all of those folks, I I was in a position where I got to bring all of my experiences into this professional work. And that felt very gratifying to me. And so when I came back to the States after that position came to an end, I sort of wanted to make sure that I found that again, but that took time. You know, those jobs are not, those kinds of jobs are not the things that are just like out there to get. 
right. You know, apply here. <laughs> yeah, apply here to be this. <laughs> and so again, you know, that's when I started teaching more, but also just continuing to make and work with independent makers who were developing new works and, you know, helping to usher. So I really was like any way in that I could be involved and supportive, whether it be on the producer side or whether on the performer side or whether on the teaching side, I was like, I'm inserting myself into those spaces. And again, just utilizing my three spheres at all times and at, at any times, you know, that there's a phrase, get in where you fit in, right? Where <laughs> I sort of, you know, knew that I had all of the skills. And so when the opportunities arose that I could sort of craft, I was building and crafting my career in that moment. And so that's called, you know, freelance. That wasn't a position that was high, you know, out there that someone could, it was, it was called a freelance lifestyle. And it is for some- Extremely entrepreneurial. It's very entrepreneurial. And for some, it's extremely um, scary, <laughs> you yeah. know, because you you are- I, I would say for most. Yeah. <laughs> and for some, it's liberating, right? Um, that, you know, living in that unknown, becomes, you know, it is, it's got sources and reasons for anxiety, but then it also can be quite liberating because you're to some extent very active in lots of different, being fed in different ways and feeding and, you know, alternately feeding in different ways too. So I, I don't know, I don't know if I really answered the, the craft. No, that was, I mean, again, it, it's a great answer because you're already helping us to understand the process of integration, mm. right? Um, which I think is fundamental for a lot of particularly, you know, younger performers just starting out that are multidisciplinary and coming from so many different directions. I mean, there has to be some sort of an aggregation, right? There has to be this the sense of how do I take all these skills? How do I take all these interests and how do I turn them into something? So no, it, it, it's extremely you know valuable to hear how that process was, was sort of shaking out for you and that you sort of kept hold of this sense that as much as it's a creative process, I've got to make it fit, you know, get, get in where you fit in, right? Like make, make sure that the pieces are actually going to land in a way where this is sustainable and this can move forward and, and that I'm able to bring my best creative force forward, like, you know, in the kinds of projects that I take on. I think that's extremely helpful. I wonder if there is a layer or a level either somewhere in there or even currently where the creativity sometimes gets stifled, where it feels like the structure or you know, the, the more organized approach, the administrative approaches that sometimes on producing level and that sort of thing, that they are weighing heavy or that they're taking up gravity in, in, in a way. And if, if that's the case, how do you keep your more craft sense, more, you know, the, the disciplines, but the personal and, and, and creative disciplines, how do you keep coming back to that table, even if it's not always the primary table that you'll be sitting at? Is that a big question? Well, it's a big question, only in the sense that I want to make sure I'm, I'm hearing, like there might be more than one question in there, but there, <laughs> <laughs> I think I suck a few in. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, Answer whichever ones you're most comfortable with. Yeah. Like, well, I, I think that there's the personal version of like, when do I, if it's within my spheres, right. If I feel like, Oh, I've been sitting in front of a zoom for like five days straight. And like, I haven't gone into a studio or, right. you know, that's yeah. real. That's certainly real. And that is definitely something that I have to contend with on the regular. And I, and it makes me want to circle back a little bit to something earlier where none of these decisions that I was making. And, you know, as I was, as you were saying, doing the synthesis, or integration, 
I mean, I remember very early, like maybe it was 15 years old going, I have to choose the one thing that I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, feeling really stressed about that. And then, you know, little by little, you know, every, you know, having wise folks tell me that, no, you don't have to do that. You just, you know, it's like, don't, you don't, it doesn't have to be the one thing right now. Anytime that sort of little voice in my head would come up, oh, I have to choose one. I would have an angel um, say to me, you know, you don't have to choose one. And these, you know, often coming from either people that are much older than myself or for for other multidisciplinary practitioners who sort of refuse to be boxed in in that way and continue to this day to be, you know, flourishing in multidisciplines. So I look to those kind of folks for my my guidance. But then to go back to your question, the truth of the matter is, and I and I think this is what makes might make me unique in the roles that I can play now, not in my performance roles, but in my, or maybe even in my performance roles, take that back, actually. Anytime I'm now in a process, whether it be a, as a producer, whether it be as an administrator, as a performer, as a creative team member, having that understanding of like all the points of intersection that are in the room, I think helps make me a better collaborator. Yeah. So, you know, when hard decisions are needing to be made because of time, because of budget, I can be extremely flexible and understanding and also maybe offering up opportunities that those kinds of constraints provide. You know, that's that's to me is always exciting. And like that's called improv and dance. Right. When you learn how to you learn that improv is a thing that one can do and, and have it actually be a craft, you know, that like there's discipline in improv, but there's like and even in acting, there's, you know, yes and, right, improv. I guess what I'm saying is even when they, there are points of tension, I could, I've certainly been the person in the room that, you know, I have to kind of add the constraints in because the dream is big, but okay, time and budget, you know, and I have to say, okay, well, this producer hat, yeah. producer hat I have to be like the no person, you know. <laughs> And then when you do the pushback and then everyone starts to make other decisions and make choices and throw out other things into the room and opportunities, then you get to the thing that you're actually meant to do. And that's always the the goal, right? It's like, what's the thing that we can actually can do and really what the thing is, right? And I love a brainstorm. I love a brainstorm session. I love dreaming. And then when we get into the actual making, then that's when the question's come. And, you know, William Kentridge calls it the less good idea. And it's his, you know, the the visual artist, William Kentridge calls it the less good idea that you start off with one question or one idea. And it's, that's not the one you end up making. It's through the process that you get to the one that you're supposed to make. And so there's things that get thrown out and things that morph and things that change. And that that's actually the thing. So speaking of, you know, multidisciplinary artists and professionals (laughs) that have had careers and based on craft, I'll throw William Kentridge out there. That's great. No, and that that actually segues nicely into we were going to ask you about collaboration and and actually specifically the sense of a community of practice. It's so central to, to so many creatives. It can mean a lot of different things and it can look a lot of different ways, but how important is community of practice to you creatively? And, and how do you build it? Because uh, a lot of particularly um, younger creatives have a really hard time organically finding their way into a community of practice. So any advice you'd have with that? Oh, that's such a good question. Gosh, it's so just, and it's also such a beautiful uh, notion, right? Community of practice. And it wasn't until I wouldn't realize until later, like more recently, how collaborative my pro- my process is 
And that working with people has been a thing I've done for like so long that I didn't even think, I didn't even think it was a thing. I was like, oh yeah, this is just how stuff is made until I met like folks that were like, oh no, I like am in a stu- my own studio, especially visual artists, right? I'm in my own studio. I go there every day. I have my practice and it's not about other people at all. And that the presence of other people is actually quite disturbing for them. So that was like a, a relatively new knowledge point for me. So advice to building your own community of practice is definitely, you know, how, how do you find like-minded makers? And, you know, some of it is like, you have to keep trying, you have to keep making things and you have to sort of keep going to folks that you feel are interesting. You have to put yourself into spaces where people are making things that you feel interesting. And that's the vulnerable part, right? Of like going, hi, I'd like to collaborate with you or hi, I'd like to like present a thing. Sometimes you just have yeah. to give yourself the deadline. You know, you, you see a call for, you know, a piece or you see a call for something and you just have to sign up and go for it. And then and just by having that deadline sort of starts to put you into a community, Right. Because now you're like a part of this Mm -hmm. thing that's happening. So I think sometimes it's just meeting that challenge. And and that is the vulnerable part. How do I do I have advice for like overcoming your own fear? Right. (laughs) That's the blocker. That's the blocker. Right. The ultimate one. Well, I think even what you mentioned already, the having an actual tangible engagement, having a project, having oftentimes that can be the latter, right? That can be the thing that gives you the texture, that gives you the the context, that gives you the thing to talk about, that gives you something to hand over in conversation. Uh, Particularly working with students who often, I I work with a lot of writers and writers are particularly a little rough, yeah, a little little self-contained. But the idea of finding collaborations that can be staked on something, you know, project deadline, you know, specificity, like those kinds of things can be super helpful. Have Have you found that helpful at all? Yeah, something is specific to writers is like writing rooms, you know, these have kind of, you know, where you say, I'm going to join this community of writers, like we're all writing on our own, but I'm going to show up to that space, whether it be on Zoom, you know, a Zoom room, I know people who are doing that and they're holding space yeah. for writers or to that location over there where like on Wednesdays from 12 to 5, I've got a desk that I go into. Yeah. It's like that kind of destination with a date and a time, it's a kind of that self-accountability. And then you have a community that's accountable to you and you're accountable to them because of the time yeah. that you've committed. But can that be reproduced with dance and performance? Oh, absolutely. Let me give examples. So there's a number of spaces that, you know, whether it be community-based or a little bit more formalized, you know, these studios, you know, that have opportunities for someone to perform in or to say, I want to be a performer in, and you show up to the class, you you show up to the Saturday session, you show up to the Tuesday night session. And by putting your body into the space, you're now entering a community. You know, I think I found that like, if I go way back, putting myself into a regular flow of going to classes with different choreographers that I wanted to, to learn and know, and I wanted them to know me, or they would be auditioning. I knew they'd be auditioning for people eventually. So showing up to those auditions, but by being in front of them in class all the time, you know, they get to know you. Similarly, showing, going to the studio and signing up for what was then called, I don't know if it still exists, but like a work study where I would show up three days a week, work the front desk or, you know, do, do clean the studio, whatever it was, but then you become part of that community because you're there on a regular basis contributing to it. And then you get a discount on classes or, you know, and so you get, then that feeds my practice because then I get to take class. So that kind of uh, give and take 
community building that way. If someone's like, oh, we're doing a show on this day, you know, do you want to do it? And you just, and you go and you do it, even if it's for $50 or no dollars, you know, in the beginning, then eventually that kind of community you're building, then the next gig is a thousand dollars. The next gig is, you know, traveling to somewhere to do a thing. So the gigs then build into your community because every time you do a job, you're, you're building your community. And then that community keeps feeding back to you. So I would say my entire career was based on that sort of continuing giving and taking within within a community that was ever growing, ever growing. There are people I still run into or know from very early, early, early days of, you know, my work study times and, um, you know, audition times and all that. I don't know. I hope I answered that question. No, no, exactly. What creatively is inspiring you right now? Something you're, or, or things, multiples that are, can be individual, you know, singular, but like what, what is creatively pulling you forward? What are you leaning into? What are you exposing yourself to in, in meaningful ways right now? Oh, such a beautiful question. Let's think on this. I tend, yeah, it's, it's, this is, this is kind of always this hard question for me to get to. I'll, I'll just start talking and then you'll find it speak. Yeah. Cause it, uh, it'll come out. I mean, I find as elements of my personal practice is that I go out and see a lot. And then there's going to be a moment in time where I feel like I'm over, I, I'm, I'm enough seeing like, whether it be a dance performance, whether it be music performance, whether it be visual art. And then I have to sort of sit, I have to sit back and not take in any more information and then kind You're of saturated. I'm yeah. saturated. And then questions start to arise. And then I start to, you know, feel like, oh, maybe I, I kind of want to make something right now. It doesn't always follow this flow. Sometimes it's like there's certain questions. I'm like, oh, I want to do this. Like, I, I start having questions and I start talking about it to different people, whether, you know, they're friends or collaborators. Some, you know, sometimes it's a photographer, sometimes it's another dancer, sometimes you go, oh, I've got this idea. And then, and then by that feedback that they give me, then someone's like, well, if you ever want to do X, then let me know. And then I end up starting to like get myself toward a new making process. And like I said before, is like sometimes just having a date helps that. Sometimes I'll be asked, hey, would you like to be a part of this performance? It's happening on this date. And then that just it goes, okay, now I know what I'm going to be doing for that thing. And like I go into a studio practice at that moment, right. not the gestating moment. But like, I think, you know, now like, gosh, what am I inspired by? You know, we're coming out of like spending so much time indoors and I think I'm, it's a really hard question for me. I, I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to come back to you on like what exactly is feeding me. Cause I think I, I'm constantly feeding myself, whether it just be being out and seeing things and being with people. I'm right now feeling like I'd like to discover more music. So I would, I would have to say that like learning new bands, learning new singer songwriters, that's very curious to me right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just because I think I spend so much time seeing visual art and dance and even theater that the music space has, has been somewhere where I could tend to spend more time. So I think maybe that's the answer. That's great. No, that's great. I love sort of the build of process as, as you were talking about saturating yourself from multiple directions and waiting for those that that inspiration that rolls in to eventually start to spill out um, and almost necessitate like some uh, creative process of your own. That's a, it's a great way to think of it. It's a great way to visualize it. So for today, we're, we're, we got a little bit of time left and I wanted to make sure that we get to, we sort of run down a, a couple questions at the end here that are mostly about sort of practical advice sort of things that you'd be giving to, to younger creatives that, that would have a similar path in mind. Now, your path is so interesting because of its 
multiplicity, right? Like, because it has so many different um, angles to, to approach. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what a, a normal day looks like for you. Factoring in, there is probably no such thing as a normal day. So maybe, maybe the hybrid version that speaks towards how many different pieces are involved in a normal day. Yeah. I mean, my normal, I mean, right now, my normal day is like meeting with so many different people, whether, you know, makers, administrators, producers, having incredible conversations in terms of, you know, trying to find, I think of myself as a bridge builder these days and teasing out what folks are working on to see if there's connections. And I'm so thrilled when I get to, to, to find a way to support somebody in their, in their journey and their process and to find a point of connection that would allow someone to see their project further. That's such a gift for that I feel that I'm so happy to, to be able to give to folks. That feels really rewarding to me. So I would say like days like full of conversations and or parsing out connection potential. Then it's, you know, real nitty gritty, what I call brass tacks, you know, where it's like, how do we get some a project actually to move forward? There are so many people involved in any project that, you know, I think typically one may think that a piece is just made. I mean, makers know this is not true, but like, you know, that, oh, then you just go and they do the play or, oh, the dance, they just, they show up and they do the dance or, you know, X, Y, Z. And there's so many steps that are involved in a creative process. There's the, the dreaming phase, the synthesizing phase, the actual trying the things out phase. Then it's like, okay, now it's like in a thing where it's on its feet. We have a thing we can put somewhere, but then each space kind of adjusts it a little bit. And, you know, you have to adjust your thing to the space. And, you know, now I'm directly involved with a new multiple new spaces on Yale's campus that is also learning so much about how it can support work. So I think brass tacks, you know, I spend a lot of time with the team at the Schwarzman Center, you know, around brass tacks and getting systems, you know, building systems that help us all work better together and also in support of other work. And then there's like that, that where I go get fed, right. Where I go out and I go see stuff. So, and, you know, in any day I'm, you know, on Yale's campus during the day, and then I'm off to see a performance at night. So I'm like constantly, you know, moving, I don't stop moving. And that's kind of like, I would say that's a typical day, like, you know, morning, afternoon, night uh, at Yale's campus, and then later that evening off to a show somewhere. And then I try to get like a physical practice in personally. <laughs> um, some days I do better than others with that. But that that's always a goal for me is to to get into a studio or even to the gym for that matter and yeah. make sure I touch base on that. That is a full day. That yeah. sounds like a, <laughs> but, but, but a healthy, healthy full day. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to finish off for today, do you have one piece of advice? If we were to distill it down to, you know, someone's, you know, walking your footsteps behind, you know, some years back and saying, well, so what, what should I know? If you were to take it down to just the one piece of advice, what would that be? Well, Gosh, I mean, I think it's pretty radical to say you don't have to choose, right? You don't, that I think the radical statement is that you don't have to choose one thing. I, there, there are certainly people, people who would push back on that idea, right? So there's, I feel like there's that. The other one is like to get out there and to keep doing and to keep making and to put, keep putting yourself out there. What is that it's called? The law of attrition, right? Like little by little people drop away, drop away, drop away. And it's like, it's those that just keep sticking at it, keep sticking at it. You know, you see that they're still there and they're, and they're making things. And you know, any number, I don't know what I, we could, we could throw out any number of human beings that are still out there making their thing. And it's because they just kept doing it. And um, the last one standing, last one, you know, they keep showing up and they keep doing it. Yeah. So 
I think so. Those are like that's two pieces of advice. <laughs> it's like no, those those are great, and I actually think they're relatable too. Because sometimes you know, one might say if if you if you if you're pulling your passions into multiple directions, then you also have to have a lot of stick to <laughs> in order to make sure that you're you're following up and all those different angles that you might be exploring. Uh, we can come back around and, and talk about that more though, because I'm not sure I'm convinced. I, I'm not sure I'm convinced in saying that myself. Right, um, yeah. So, so let's put a pin in that and, I, and, and maybe start, start, start our next conversation somewhere in that direction. But uh, Jennifer, it has been such a pleasure. I'm so happy to have you um, on, on this first half of our talk and really looking forward to coming back around. Um, thank you so much for contributing. Thank you so much. And um, for our guests, uh, all, all of our audience out there, until next time, don't be afraid to use the word career, but always stay crafty.